1: Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Living Levine Studios,
0: this is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Hey, good to have Mike Pickett on. St. John's Country Day, girls soccer, 10 in a row, pretty outstanding. And I referenced Carson Pickett, gosh, I think it was a, probably almost two years ago now. We had Carson on the show, and the picture of her fist bumping a two year old boy who was also born without a left forearm and they both both used their left arms. You might remember that photo uh, and if you if you haven't seen it it's really cool and it went viral and we had Carson on that week, and she was tremendous, and uh, she's still a fantastic player, obviously playing pro soccer so Really cool story out of St. John's Country Day. Uh, The Pickett family, how good the program is, uh, really good people as well. And uh, St. John's Country Day boys team now playing for a state title. UNF uh, men's basketball team delayed a little bit today because of COVID testing, got hung up a little bit. Uh, There was supposed to be a 2 o'clock game. I think it ended up going about 2.40. And they are into the second half, A-Sun first round, which is essentially the quarterfinals. And uh, last check, the Ospreys were winning. I'm just trying to get an a update. They were winning by a couple early in the second half. So we'll keep you posted on that game. And uh, Ospreys is looking for a big win. They are the four seed. They're playing North Alabama, the five seed. And here we are in March. I mean, you you win three games if you're the Ospreys and you're dancing. It, sounds, that could, it sounds good, doesn't it? That could happen by Sunday. Now, there's been a lot less. I call the games or some of the games, not all of them, I call some of the games on ESPN Plus for the Ospreys, and they had a lot of issues with COVID testing. They went up to Liberty one time, had to turn right back around and go home. I mean, they made the, the bus ride like seven hours, had to turn around, come home. And then they later on, the conference r- altered the schedule. They went back up to Liberty, and ended up losing two games up there. So... It's just a wacky year in all of college basketball, but they're doing their best to get it in. And right now the ASUN tournament's underway, and the Ospreys, uh, with a lead in the second half, will keep you posted on how they do. But again, simple as this. It's three wins away uh, from from dancing. And once again, for Matthew Driscoll and the Ospreys, they are not the favorite to do that. Uh, Liberty is once again very good. North Alabama, actually, who they're playing, had the lead um, early on in conference play. Uh, they have since faded. They're now in fifth. Bellarmine, who is new to the conference, they are good. So if you look at Liberty and Bellarmine are the two top seeds, and those are newcomers over the last few years to the conference. Liberty, very good. Liberty plays with a whole different deck of cards. I mean, they have a huge budget. And I've seen projections where if they win, They'll be like a 13 seed. Last year, they won as a 12 seed in the – oh, not last year. It would have been two years ago now – in the first round of the tournament. So they're legit, and we'll see if uh, the Ospreys could pull the upset and potentially uh, find their way to dance, but they have to first uh win the first round game, which is going on right now. Ironically, UNF and JU are hosting the tournament. JU is not playing because of COVID problems. They had to bow out of the tournament. And the Ospreys are playing on their rival's home court right now in the A-Sun quarters. Yeah. They are playing at JU. So just a wacky year continues all around sports as we go on almost a full year uh where sports kind of changed um with the, the pandemic. Speaking of a quick thought or two on hoops, Florida State, I mean, now they're just making it look simple at times. They crushed Boston College, which they're better than Boston College. They should beat Boston College. Leonard Hamilton got an extension late last week. The thing I want to talk about with FSU real quick is if you look at Florida State the way Leonard Hamilton has done things over the years, people, and I think I probably was in this I don't know if I criticized, I was just curious What happens in basketball, in college basketball, you know this happens in the NBA too. But you find a rotation Mm -hmm. that you like. Well, early in the season, say November and December, you might mix in a lot of guys. You might play 10, 11 guys. Well, by the time you get to conference play, you're really leaning on like 7 or Mm 8. Not too many teams go beyond that to play the most minutes. Now they get in foul trouble. They need to do that. Florida State, up and down for the last handful of years and probably even beyond they're not afraid to go 10 11 deep yeah. even in conference play yeah. i almost wonder if they're changing the way it's looked at and and what what they've done by doing that i believe it it feels like i'm not inside the basketball program enough to know but watching it watching kind of this this thing blossom over the last few years for Florida State is it's created almost like this culture and in a world of basketball and sports and everything's kind of a me culture Mm -hmm. they have this like ultimate team culture it feels like that's really beneficial because everybody knows they've got a piece of the pie Mm
2: -hmm. listen I think when we talk about the success of Florida State and how is that going to translate to the NCAA tournament I think like year in and year out we think of the unanimous, like, players of the year, right? Like, I think back to Zion. Um, I think even back to, like, you know, Adam Morrison. I think Jim, was Jim Perdet the player of the year, the the wooden award? I mean, he was up there, whatever. But, like, he what, might have been. What, what I'm trying to say is, like, every single year, you know, we talk about, well, this guy's definitely the player of the year and he'll take his team far. And usually they go to the first round, sometimes the second round, sometimes the sweet 16, and sometimes, you know, to the lead eight. But you hardly ever see the team with, like, the biggest stars win the tournament. 'Cause it's it's a team game. Sometimes star players can have, have off nights. I compare it to like Villanova. Villanova, you know, when they've won, like, yes, they have some pretty solid players, but no, that's gonna really knock your socks off. B C U the same thing. Like VCU had, you know, Van Vliet, I believe, back in the day and stuff like that. But like no like perennial first round draft picks per se, but they still find a way to do it. That, to me, is what Florida State is. And maybe even more impressive than a VCU or a Villanova is that they they have the guys that could potentially be first-round picks, but they play a
0: team brand of of basketball that can get you so deep in the tournament. I think, listen, a lot of times, if you're good, you usually have a good team, right? The chemistry is there, all that stuff. It, It just feels a little bit different the way Florida State does it. Now, they were up big yesterday, but... I mean, look, they go 21 minutes, 21 minutes, 37, 32, 24, 18, 21, 14. And then you got a couple of guys with four, three, and five. I, I think you could even make, oh, I'm sorry. I'm at the Boston College one. My bad. Uh, <laughs> their, their, starters actually, well, they starters because they had the senior night. So they only played a handful of minutes each, but 16, uh, 19, 23, 11, 12, 21, 16, 24, 25. I mean, look, you, I don't know how many college basketball teams. And again, this was a little bit of a blowout, but I think this is common with Florida State, where if you look the box score up, a lot of college basketball teams will have DNPs. Yeah. Did not play. Sure. Right? Not the case with Florida State. I think their list goes long. The bench <laughs> list is long. And last night they it's just like the epitome of what they do. They have so many guys contributing, sixteen, 18, 13, 7, 6. I mean, you're not having that 28-point night, Mm -hmm. but you don't need the 28-point night. You just have so many different guys that can get it done. Uh, M.J. Walker continues to hit three-pointers. They hit 13 of them on the day, so six of nine for him uh, in three-point land. Uh, What a way uh, for him to go out his last game uh, there in Tallahassee. It's pretty impressive with what they do. I mean, they had 19 assists last night. They scored the basketball at 93 points. Uh, Again, it was Boston College, and I'm taking this one small sample from last night, but I'm not really taking the small sample from last night. What I'm really trying to do is make it a bigger sample of the last few years. Of course. And I just think it's changed a little bit the way I think about it. I don't know if that's the case for everybody. And, like, we ask. We're constantly saying, how did Leonard Hamilton turn it around? Like, why – Like, did we have him being maybe it's time to make a change uh, six, seven years ago to contract extensions at the age of 72? And really, arguably, arguably the premier team in the ACC the last few years, along with Virginia and North Carolina and Duke. No, it's Florida State up there with Virginia. If you look at the amount of wins and what else they've done and what else they've accomplished. And I just wonder if more programs will... Say hey, you know maybe we don't need that seven or eight deep. Maybe we can make it work at nine deep, ten deep, eleven deep. I I feel like even uh, some of the smaller programs in the like say a VCU. You brought them up, yep. and I would have to go look this up. But I feel like they had a bunch of guys play, like they had a lot of guys. Oh, see this, minutes. they, they but had to. Much of it because of their style,
2: right? Well, because it was uh, Shaka Smart with the full court press the entire game. That's right. So, you, so you had to make That makes sense.
0: So you got to yeah. come at you in waves. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yep. Well, Florida State doesn't do that. They're, no, they're no. not trying to play like Loyola Marymount of yesteryear, mm-hmm. you know, or or the way like uh, just these pressing teams play. Sure. That's just not, not the way they do it. But anyway, Florida State. I think after losing the talent, we've discussed this before, to see where they're at again at the top of the ACC. Now, I think we do have to acknowledge ACC is not what it's been. I mean, it's not the ACC we know, but that doesn't take away w- with what Florida State is. Florida State is legit. Mm-hmm. They're good. They have the ability to make a run. Uh, last year felt like if we had the tournament, they might have won it all. Yeah, oh, without I, a doubt. I don't know if it feels that way. Like I don't know if they're that kind of good, but they're the kind of team in a tournament that I think has the ability to make that run. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if I feel that way. Like, wow, they could go all the way. Last year, you could feel like, what was it, Dayton, yeah. uh, who was very good at the time, right? Yep. Uh, uh know, C- Creighton kind of this series seems that way as well, but they just got actually beat big time last night. They did. So, yeah. um, you know, Gonzaga is so good. I don't know if Florida State's on that level. Baylor has been so good. I'm not sure. Like, I. I'd, but when you come out of the ACC and you're like the best team or one of the best teams or yes. right now they're proven to be the best team in the ACC, you probably have a chance to win it all. No like, with, you probably have a chance to win it all.
2: Without a doubt, because how many times I mean, we've, we've talked about it. Gonzaga, how many times have has Gonzaga been ranked like, you know, in the top four? They have the one seed. And then they choke, I mean, we see it every single year, and like I'm not to say it's going to happen this year, but like they have never won a championship. sometimes it's the teams that you know that that have the resume that are kind of maybe on the outside of the top three top four that can make the most noise, and Florida State can definitely
0: be one of those teams, yeah, that, it looks like they'll get a three seed in the tournament, so we'll see uh we'll we'll talk more college basketball of course, as the tournament heats up. Florida State, I'm just sitting there last night. And again, one, I, I just don't know if you can say enough about Leonard Hamilton because I think we have to acknowledge what we were saying about Leonard Hamilton. Yes. Like, uh, that's like the, I say we, the media. I say, if I say we and I'm meaning you, the FSU fan, like, go back and what were you saying six, seven years ago about Leonard Hamilton? It probably wasn't nice things. And so to, to find – like, I think it would be like a heck of a 30 for 30, man, how he turned that program around. How did yeah. Florida State basketball become Essentially, a powerhouse in the last three or four years it 's the same thing people asked about Florida basketball mm-hmm. when Billy Donovan and went back to back and, and he was doing he was like, "Wait a minute, what happened to Kentucky and this is Florida basketball doing these things uh, The only big change difference there for me is it's been this, Leonard Hamilton has been there like the whole time. Yeah, no, and he still turned it around like late.
2: So and isn't it crazy too? Because and granted, there's still a lot to come around before basketball commits and stuff like that. But where Florida State uh, sits right now in 2021 in terms of basketball commits, they're number one in the ACC and number two nationally. Yeah. Which is so like, but like think about this though. Like this has to be a testament to Leonard Hamilton because it seemed like back in the day. I still think it applies a little bit. Like if you're the top recruit in the nation, you go to Kentucky. Now do you, do you go to Kentucky to win a, a a title? Well, you try, but you go to Kentucky because that's the fast lane to the NBA. That's right, right? You, you go to Duke if you're like you know true like like a Zion or something, R.J. Like Barrett, because why? It's the fast lane to the NBA. You don't get the sense that Florida State is really the fast track to the NBA. Now, if you play good enough over a couple of years, yeah, you'll get there. But like, you get the sense that Leonard Hamilton is doing things a different way. And it's like players want to be around that. Like players respect how Hamilton has built that program. And, you know, they kind of, quote, unquote, think that's the way to play basketball. So like, that's why I think he's been so good in recruiting. Like, yeah, the, the the U.K.s and the Dukes, they're great and everything for the fast track to
0: the NBA But guys still want to win as well. I wonder this, as you say this, and and maybe there's articles on this and I just haven't seen it. First of all, I think what you said is that people want to play for Leonard Hamilton because he graduates players. And look, I don't think you find a lot of his players in trouble. True. I I think that's first and foremost. And now they're winning. And so once you build it, it becomes a little bit easier. But I wonder this, amidst all the allegations, Arizona's. Uh, heck, even Duke was in whatever with Zion. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, um, uh, who, who else? Would, I mean, LSU, heck, even Creighton, well, LSU, LSU is yeah. uh, not really a powerhouse, uh, you know, but I'm just saying some of those teams and some of the investigations has Florida state benefited from saying, Hey, that's a clean program. Yeah. And we're going to a clean program. Mm-hmm. Like, and, Or at least the perception is it's a clean broker, you know, all that stuff. I wonder if they've benefited a little bit from that. I think it definitely means something. You know,
2: I mean, listen, at the end of the day, it's usually the kid's decision. But sometimes parents have influence as well. And when you're a coach and you sit down you know, at that dinner table and, and you introduce yourself to that family, like that means something. Especially, I think, in basketball where you know it's not like you have 70 guys or 80 guys on a roster like in college football. No, it's definitely a smaller ro- roster. You get the more one-on-one time with the head coach. So I think the coaching philosophy and, and the, the style that he purveys means a whole lot more than maybe even football.
0: Yeah, I think, I, I think the team thing, I think if you go there, you're not going to get stuck on the bench. You're not going to bring the next guy in and he's going to trump you. Because now you're, you're relegated to, you know, three minutes a game because they're going to play a lot of guys. Like the ability to play a lot of guys is, Hey, come on. We'll play. We're going to be good. We're going to have three or four more guys like you, but we're going to play y'all. Look what we've done. Look what we've been able to do. And guess what? You're still going to go to the NBA. Yeah. Look what we've been able to do. And well, we're going to win games. Look what we've been able to do. And doesn't that kind of proof in the pudding, you know?
2: Doesn't it kind of take pressure off you a little bit, too? You know, maybe a little bit. You know, some, some of these guys, like, listen, right now, the way it stands, they're getting the 22nd nationally ranked guy in the country and the 28th guy. On most schools, you go there, it's okay. You're the guy now. Like you have to be the leader. Like you're this good, so like lead us. Go deliver. You go to Florida State. It's like okay, you know, like we have a great team. We we sub in and out. You're gonna get your playing minutes for sure, but like you still gotta earn those minutes, and it won't be so much weight on your back. Like I feel like as a freshman coming into the game. That's maybe a little bit of a relief. Now, maybe some players embrace that a little more, so they go to Kentucky, they go to Duke, but other players maybe want to gradually get brought along.
0: Well, it's a great point, okay? I think you bring up a nice point. I don't know how much this factors in or not, but with their stud guy, their one-and-done guy Mm -hmm. for Florida State is Scotty Barnes. Yes. Okay? Mm -hmm. And here's... If, I wish I didn't tell you the number, I mean, the name first, because if I said, hey, they got this five-star guy, this, this guy is a one-and-done, he's yes. a superstar player, and then I give you his numbers, 10.1 points, four rebounds, 4.4 assists, very nice sure. as a freshman, sure. but nothing that says, whoa, this guy this is the, the next, yeah. you name it, Correct. right? Correct. Well... That's kind of what they allow you to do. You get comfortable, you grow. You don't have to be 22 and 12 assists. Yeah. You know, now listen, that's fun too in some places. But at Florida State, you just don't have to do that. But I don't think it's hurt Scotty Barnes' draft stock. Is my point, right? No, no. I think people are still raving about him. If you watch the games and watch him play, you see the explosiveness, the physical nature. I mean, six foot nine, two twenty seven as a guard, is <laughs> <It's> pretty good. <laughs> that's, like, ridiculous. that's going to translate. That's ridiculous. Uh, but. But I've been – I'm not going to lie to you. I've watched – we heard about Scottie Barnes. And so – and I've watched some games or been listening. uh, You can catch games right here on ESPN 690. And I'm like, wow, I wonder how many points like Barnes has today. Mm -hmm. And it's like eight.
2: Yeah.
0: And eight assists. I'm like, okay, it's a nice day. But when's the 32-point game coming? (laughs) Sure, sure. You know, because that's what we think about in our star basketball players now. That's a 30-point game or it's something unbelievable. Yep. This guy's just steady. And they don't need him to do too much to be successful because they've got some nice players around him as well. Florida State hoops, I understand. Like we don't talk about it all the time, basketball all the time. Heck, I I still wonder how much they even talk about it in Tallahassee. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Uh, But Florida State hoops is really one of the cool stories in college sports Mm -hmm. of the last decade, probably. Yeah. I I don't want to be over dramatic and say go. How how far back? Mm-hmm. I really think it is one of the cool stories in in, in the last decade. Um, I, I, out of nowhere in the best conference in America, usually. And the I understand it's not that way this year, but usually to do what they've done. I mean, would it really be that different? Name a school like in the Big Ten, right? Big Ten's really good. Yeah. You know, Wisconsin kind of came out of nowhere actually for a bit. Uh, you know, and th- and now they've put perennial teams together over the they last have. fifteen twenty years. Yeah. Uh, but more recently, let's take a team like um, you want like Michigan? No. No, nah, because Michigan's been good historically. Oh, you like- so how about Penn State? So okay. Florida State, in in a way, would be like Penn State all of a sudden over the next four or five years yeah. being like front runners in the in the Big Ten. sure, Bigger than Ohio State, Michigan, bigger than um, – well, Indiana's been disappointing for the most part anyway. Mm-hmm. But, you know, all those schools that now yeah. you think about in hoops, you don't think about Penn State in hoops. Not right? even close. But you didn't think about Florida State in hoops. They were a True. team that – Medaled in the middle of football the ACC. School. It was a football school, just like Penn State. And Penn State would, I think i would be a decent comp uh, yeah, to, no. to say, what if Penn State all of a sudden emerged into this I would... powerhouse in college basketball? A team that we talked about as two seeds and three seeds and possible national champs, ACC champs, and these crazy like home winning record like sure. streaks and stuff like that. At five stars and and draft picks, yeah. you just don't think of Penn State. Well, Florida State has, has developed into that. That's well, how it, good of a story it
2: is. No, for sure. I mean, I would either compare it to Penn State or Northwestern. The ironic thing about Northwestern North is West. they they kind of do that in football now a little bit. They, they have Pat kind Pens of that football they're, they're, side. they're
0: kind of. They're, I mean, they're not winning the Big Ten championship, but they're still winning. I want you to think of something, by the way. I don't want to get into it today. Okay. But as we look into March, and when we probably after players week, we'll really talk a little bit more college basketball. We'll get the brackets in front of us. I was thinking this the other day when we were talking about Joe Uh Talking to Joe Linardi. Mm-hmm. If you take, uh, like, let's see, Baylor's been good in football, but then they've had troubles in football. Baylor, by the way, is really like the most incredible story in, good. in college. As, as good as Florida State is, Baylor, yeah. what they've done to turn around, what Scott Drew's I'm done just, to turn around, that is unbelievable. And listen, with
2: all the respect to Scott Drew, I do not want to see those highlighter uniforms <laughs> in, the,
0: in, in the championship game. I just don't want to do it. But, you know, in the past we've had, like, Ohio State – be really good at basketball and football in the same year. Oh, yeah. Michigan's been able to do that, I think, at times. Yeah, uh, Florida had a nice little run there, of course, where they were at both. Yep, Michigan State has been able to do it—not like championship in football, but they've been pretty good. Like people talk about them, and Wisconsin did it one year. Where was Wisconsin the right four, there? And I think they went to the Rose Bowl. Okay, yeah. So we've had teams do that. Yeah. Right. uh who, like Baylor is actually like maybe on that list. Yeah. In in terms of what do you – Of both. I mean like like obviously football now is not very good. yeah. yeah but yeah. Baylor could be in that conversation where they've built their program on the football side or where they had built it. So where they, they built it now on the uh, basketball side. I'll tell you a team that's sneaky in this, this conversation is uh, Houston. Mm-hmm. who's good and has had a year or two in football, not consistently, yep. but they've had a year or two uh, in, in football. I'll tell you who's now building the football side, to your point, um, is, is North Carolina. True. I mean, you can make the case that North Carolina is having better years <laughs> in football yeah. than they are in basketball. Yeah. So that intrigues me. But the other part of that is a team like Indiana, where mm-hmm. when you say Indiana Hoosiers, you think basketball. Yeah. And they yet feel like they're off the map. It's insane. They, they, they just don't See, feel like they've been on the
2: map. To me, the Indiana Hoosiers of basketball were like the Texas Longhorns were a football. That's a Vince good Young a comparison. Because like you get good like yeah, I understand Texas. They have a lot of universities. You got TCU. You got Baylor. You got a And M. But like to me, like it's always about hook, hook 'em horns, you know. And when they had their fallout and everything, and they started to struggle, like I just I never saw that happen. I thought Texas would always be a powerhouse. Well, the same thing with Indiana. Like, I've I played basketball tournaments in Indiana and in AAU, and, like, that state is just different. Like, you go to Indiana, and it's basketball oh, yeah. over everything, man. Like, it, it's super hard to explain. Like, if you're in Indiana, you grow up playing basketball, and if you play football, well, best of luck to you. So it is shocking to see year after year after year how they can't be competitive, how they've kind of you know lost the recruiting battles, kind of like Texas did. There was a time when Texas was the place to be, just like there was a time when Indiana was the powerhouse to be at, and it just kind of faded away.
0: Well, and and it's like I uh, was saying earlier in the about, about like the good in football, good in basketball, like the re- where I was going with that is Alabama might now be getting into that yeah. Like because now like basketball is a thing yep. at Alabama. But if you go it down, it's really interesting. Michigan basketball, better than Michigan football. Correct. Baylor basketball, better than Baylor football, even though they had some nice runs. Yeah. Illinois basketball, better than Illinois football, although that's been the case for a long time. Mm-hmm. Iowa, no doubt. Well, it's, uh, it's basketball or football? <laughs> I think no, basketball. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't think Iowa's gone to that next threshold. No, they haven't. I mean, they, they played solid, competitive football, but I, I agree. Okay. McCaffrey's done a good job there. Yeah, uh, West Virginia. They've had more success recently, it feels like, in basketball. True. They have football. Uh, Ohio State has the nice duo thing going, Yeah, right? Yeah, Especially this year. Now they took a few years off from the hoops thing, mm-hmm. but now they're back. Alabama's in the conversation. Uh, Houston is, I think, a nice story in this conversation. Mm-hmm. Florida State, they got to get the football side back. They're yeah. a basketball school right now. Uh, Arkansas, way more of a basketball school, although I think that's been the case at times over the course of history, too. Texas. Definitely better in basketball. They're fifteenth yeah. in the country in basketball. They're not fifteenth
2: in the country in football. No, no. Despite every single year expectations being high, they never really seem to meet them. So
0: anyway, I double I mean,
2: dog dare you to say that in a Texas high school though.
0: Yeah, well, th- but that's the reality. I, Listen, you don't. It, it's not a lie, and it's just telling the truth on where the football program has been at Texas. Yeah. is what it is. Yeah. Um and so I well, think that's what you're saying in that case
2: though you're you're seeing the evolution of the culture in that because for so long and even then at the fundamental level they're still predominantly considered in the one thing and now you're looking at them and it's undeniable that that metric has shifted but how do you adapt that uh, that modern thinking to that legacy or does this become
0: the new legacy? Yeah. Well,
2: See, I just feel like with te- the Texas Longhorns, like, yeah, they, they were known for so long, but then all of a sudden you had, others, like, you had other possibilities. You had these high-powered offenses in the Big 12, and then all of a sudden it was about Texas Tech, and then it was about TCU, and then it was about Baylor, and then all of a sudden you saw, like, and I compared it to Florida State a little bit. Now, Florida State's starting to come back in the recruiting, in football. But, like, Texas, for whatever reason, it just stopped being cool. Like, it wasn't the university to be at anymore, which is crazy to me because I felt like Vince Young, when when, when they played USC, they put him on the map. But for whatever reason, guys are more appealing to TCU and other schools like that. Even though they're smaller and less recognized,
0: guys wanted to go there. Well, and Matthew McConaughey's trying, but he can only do so much by himself. <laughs> I mean, that's it. Uh, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> hey, hey, one last thing about this conversation. Kind of conversation. I thought we'd talk about it more down the road, but heck, we're talking about it. The I still like the idea that college basketball loves their blue bloods, loves these big schools, but welcomes in the Loyola Chicago's, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. The Creightons of the world who now have become more as Wichita States, the Houston, all the, these teams. Butler, Butler over mm-hmm. the years, Gonzaga, the number one team in the country. <laughs> yeah, college football doesn't like those schools. They don't. They don't like them well. They don't welcome them to the party. In fact, they're trying to do more and more to get them out of the party and anything they can do to push them away. College basketball says, come on. Yeah, you're a part of us. You're a part of our story. Mm -hmm. Right. You're a part of the reason people like our sport. Um I like that. (laughs) No, for sure. I still think Cinderella could exist in some cases in college football Mm -hmm. if they would allow it. I think the UCFs of the world could be Cinderella's. Boise State has been Cinderella, but they don't want it. They no. just don't want to put their arms around it where college basketball has oh yeah I mean it's a different the, landscape I get it but it they have. Uh, no
2: they absolutely embrace it I remember like the, the whole George Mason mania that uh, I forgot like what year that even was I remember being a kid and George Mason was a talk absolutely. Of the town. you know like it seems we like, love that it seems Providence, like college basketball man, I mean, relies on that
0: well 1987 no, there, the you Friars. Go. there you go it, it's
2: crazy because like once again we talk about college basketball there's a lot of tradition ingrained in it but you get the sense that with college football it's tradition or die. In, in college basketball, tradition's important, but you're always on to the next thing, and you want to always see the new thing. And that's why I think the, that's where it's different in terms of tradition.
0: You know what's crazy about it, is it kind of goes full circle on this yeah. conversation, at least the last few minutes, is it really comes back to the state of Indiana, yeah. and probably the movie Hoosiers. Yeah. Is the, the embracing of that movie, that concept, that idea of hoops, of basketball, yep. is so welcomed in the tournament and, and in the sport of college hoops. True. And... I think that's part of the reason. Like, Cinderella is an important part of the story yeah. of college basketball. It's not an important part Whoa, of the story I mean, of Brent, college
2: football. But, but have you seen the longest yard? Have you seen the Little Giants, though? The annexation of Puerto Rico? There's some underdog stories in football as, <laughs> uh, as well. They don't
0: like it. No, for sure. The old for sure. guard doesn't well, I'm like to be
2: it. honest. Maybe comparing the longest yard to, tradi- you know, not the best
0: idea, but it is what it is. Hey, uh, you're you're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> you ready to answer the phone, uh, Scott? We're going to go with a giveaway here to the Players' Championship. Shop and eat the players' way. Here you go. $25 gift card to the PGA Tour Fan Shop. $20 to ABBQ uh, session. One session, that is. Uh, $120 V-Pizza gift card. $120 Hoptinger gift card. So that prize pack is going to you. If you are caller number five, 904-362-9901, 904-362-9901, caller number five, winner of the Shop and Eat the Players' Way prize pack, courtesy of the Players' Championship here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. It's one week away. We'll take a break. More football talk when we come back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. like this beat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I That's like perfect. Up, what you looking no, at? The, the,
2: I think that beat was on my head for a second. Really? It just flew. Yeah. Flew over there. We got a little hornet. Little hornet action. Cause then I, I kinda like swipe something off and then I see it like fly in
0: my vision. I'm like, oh. Taking the whole promotional stinger to the next level. Hey, no
2: getting man, you're hanging out in my head a little bit. Now okay? listen,
0: you're you're the one that told me I learned if you're not scared of the bee, the bee won't oh, come get you, right? Check this out. Are we, we about, are we going about? we up have time to go to a bee segment so, here?
2: And I forgot who. This was a while ago. Somebody actually requested if I give a, a you know, a killer hornet update or a, a murder. A, yeah, murder. I'm sorry. Oh, same to I me. Mean, same thing. Killer I murder. Mean, come on. Are you
0: afraid of a killer hornet or are you afraid of a murder hornet? You know what?
2: I am. I am afraid of a first degree murder hornet. <laughs> I really am. A, a lot more. First degree. A first murder. degree murder <laughs> hornet. Pre-meditated,
0: Premeditated murder hornet. Murder hornet. <laughs> if you want to. Elongated a little
2: bit. So check this out. So we haven't heard a lot of, of the, the murder hornets lately, right? We really I mean, haven't. But let's be honest. There's been a lot of stuff going on, right? COVID, aliens, and murder hornets going to get pushed to the back burner a little bit. I forgot who the guy was that reached out to me. I apologize. I forgot your name, man. But he's like, hey, Trane, we, we need an update on the murder hornets. <laughs> well, here we go right here. Check this out. So as far as like in the north it's concerned, like in places like Wisconsin where it's like, extremely cold right now, the murder hornets haven't had an effect on the bee population, at least according to like beekeepers around that area, right? So the, the the Midwest for the most part, with the cold temperatures, it's doing fine. But keep in mind, like where these bees came from, right? We're talking Asia and everything. There's and remember how I said when I first broke down murder hornets that sometimes nature finds a way to combat itself, and you gotta be careful what you throw in the mix in terms of like things that you make in a lab yes. because it always overcorrects itself. Well, check out what bees are doing now. So honeybees in Asia somehow have it ingrained in them now that they're actually going to, like, farms. And you know how bees are programmed to, to bring back pollen, right, because the pollen makes the honey Absolutely. and all this stuff. Well, now the bees are going to farms and bringing back manure. And what they do with the manure is they, they stack it outside of their hive. And for whatever reason, this keeps the murder hornets away. So bees in Asia right now are taking manure, posting it outside their beehives, and the murder hornets are attacking them. And that, that's kind of like the breaking stuff that's happening right now in murder hornet country. So the question remains, can the bees over here adapt and do the exact same thing? How crazy you, is that?
0: You know what I really want to say right now? What's up, man? I think you're full of... <laughs> no, look it up. <laughs> look it up. I'm telling you guys, look it up.
2: Look it up <laughs> right know, now. Yeah. No, 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 I got you. It's like, like how he was manure, by the way?
1: That was very Real good classy, man. Yeah. Right? That, Real classy. That's what you call a foul solution. <laughs> I'm real professional. Uh, it is with it.
0: amazing. We bring in Action News Jacks Tanika Hughes right now. Oh wow! And there's no no way. She's coming on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 in between shows on CBS 47 and Fox 30. And thinks she's going to be listening to an update on murder hornets. <laughs> I do I don't what know
1: I can. If I can top it. <laughs>
0: Listen, this is the bee man over here. I mean, there are lessons to be learned from Austin Lane when it comes to bees. He knows his bees. You better believe it.
1: Well, you know what? That's I will use this as a segue because you know I think they teach that to news folks in college. So this year, the summer learning program for the Jacksonville Public Library, the theme is tales and tales. So it's all about animals. So maybe we can just get them to do a feature on bees and insects while they're at it.
0: So. I, I like that. I'm not mad at and that. And you should be a special guest, Austin. Okay.
1: I could talk some. I bees. they'll be great. Uh, when's don't the... scare the kids. No, nah, yeah, yeah, too late.
0: Too late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you seen this beard, Tanika? Come on now. Uh, when's the When's the last time we did a story on a murder hornet on Action News, Jax?
1: We did talk about them when you know the pandemic first hit because people were like, "Oh, a pandemic." Wait, murder hornet. So I do remember doing some a few short little stories on them, but I don't think they ever made it here. I didn't think.
0: No, I don't think so either. It, it seemed yeah. like the story kind of disappeared for a while, and that's kind of that's why somebody asked Austin for an update. Yeah. See, we get these kind of questions. We don't get, like, who's going to win tonight. Win. We get B-update yeah. questions. You know,
1: if they pop back up, it's your fault, man.
0: <laughs> it is on you. Thanks. Uh, hey, Tanika's joined us, uh, which, uh, by the way, we like talking sports with Tanika Hughes, too, but right yeah. now we're talking about reading Tanika's Books for Kids campaign over the next couple of weeks. How's it going so far?
1: Well, we just kicked it off on March the 1st, and it's going to run through March 12th. And so far, so good. But, you know, Brent, we did have to take things virtual because of the pandemic. So we just made a couple of changes this year, really pushing people to do what they've been doing all pandemic, buy online. Just So buy your books online, and you can also make a donation directly to the Jacksonville Library Foundation, which supports summer learning. You can do it all online, and we made it just really easy to do.
0: Obviously you're real passionate about it. Uh, what, what's, what's the inspiration for you other than maybe the obvious that over the years you've become so passionate about getting books in kids hands?
1: Well, you know, um, I am from a little small town in North Carolina. I'm a country girl. I think we had like one stoplight in my town. And for me, I was really fortunate that I had books at home. I was raised by my mom, my aunt, and my grandmother, and my aunt was a teacher and librarian. So I had access to all kind of books. Um, a full set of the World Book Encyclopedia. I'm aging myself because I think yeah. most kids think... You mean Wikipedia? No. No.
0: Books
1: <laughs> encyclopedia. And so like... Child craft books and Curious George and all kind of books at home, right? So I would just read and it would just open my mind to how big the world really was. And that's when I kind of started really imagining what I wanted for myself in life. And I come from an environment and and we come from very humble beginnings. Right now, the median income in my town is $20,000 a year. And my family also was one of those families who struggled to make ends meet. And so paying for college and just having these big aspirations to be a journalist wasn't something that was a clear and easy path for me. But reading is what just kind of set my mind on that path. It helped me to excel in school and to go on, to be able to get full academic scholarships, to go to college, to major in mass communications, to get my master's in journalism. And for almost 20 years now, I've been living my dream, but that started with me getting my hands in a book. And so for me, it's personal. I understand the impact of it. And, and, and you know, you guys are parents. um Studies show kids who have books at home, they spend longer times in – they spend more years in school. They're able to complete more years in school. Mm -hmm. They're able to have stronger reading skills. So it affects so many parts of their lives. And so for me, that's why I want to give back because I know – the real impact that reading can have.
0: Well, you've done a great job with it, uh, and uh, keep up the good work. And I always say when we talk to kids or we go to classes and we read, I mean, in our job, we read every night. We read off that teleprompter, right? Um, There's
1: nothing you can do that you don't read. If you want to be a chef, you have to read. Uh, Yeah, Austin, you know... How do you know what you're doing on the field? You have to know how to read plays. You, you want to be a rapper it. or a musician? you got to be able to read. It affects every part of our lives.
0: No doubt about it. Uh, Tanika's Books for Kids, virtual book drive. We'll share some of the, uh, the information that includes the QR code as well, but you can check it yes. out on actionnewsjacks.com and follow Tanika on, on Twitter and Instagram and all the rest, and you can get it there as well. Uh, thanks for jumping on. Uh, hope it goes well all the way through March 12th.
1: Thank you so much. Hey, and if you want to buy a book for kids about bees and hornets, you can do that, too. So thank I you, love I'm it. Saying.
2: There it is. <laughs> That's it. We're right, going to do that. I'm going to buy some books about bees and hornets, man. Like, <laughs> I mean, Brent, I'm going to tell you, they're fascinating insects. They certainly fascinating are. Fascinating creatures.
0: All right. Thanks, Tanika. Appreciate
1: it. All right,
0: guys. Uh, watch Tanika and John tonight, CBS 47 and Fox 30 coming up at 5 o'clock. That's a good idea. Let's we do need it. To donate a bee. Let's book. do it.
2: Well, I mean, assuming they're up to date, because like I said, I mean, there, there's breaking news every single day
0: now in the murder hornet, you know,
2: gallery here. So
0: I love it. Like I don't think people um understand the bee knowledge. Like they really have to go back and to the origins of your bee yeah. knowledge is incredible. Well, um, and one last thing about the books, sure, which is really cool. Like I. I sh- shared a picture the other day because about a month ago, I remember JAG's Twitter, uh, Brookview Elementary. They bought all these Course. books. It was like over 1,400 books, I think. Yeah, JAG's, and not just JAG's Twitter, but I think they were the, kind of the motivation for it yeah. and started spreading the word. And it just shows how the domino effect of a good thing can happen. Oh, yeah. And um, I told you recently my mom wrote a book called Super 19. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, we were able to get books in all the kindergartners' hands that's um, awesome. based off the inspiration of those folks that, that started that campaign. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully we'll be able to do that more and more. It's a great idea. And Tanika obviously is inspiration for a lot of that, too. So mm-hmm. um, it's cool that we have these programs around and, and hopefully can support it, whether it's a B book, yeah. uh, Super 19 book like mom's yeah. writing or any book that the kids can get their hands on. Because I I wasn't that. I didn't know. I wasn't that aware of it. I figured there were books all over schools all the time. And yeah. I guess they're just there. There are. Oh, and you said it, Brent. I think every kid has a right
2: to, to have a book in his hand, use his imagination and go off to a new place. Right. And then that's what books provide us, whether if it's about bees or it's like the book that your mom wrote. Um, You know, every kid deserves to have books and just, you know, take part in them. No doubt. Uh, you should do a B class. Yeah, I should i it's funny that you say that because like I grew up as a kid and my grandma. And would come and, like, lecture like us on bees. She like, it's like yeah. yeah. and then, So, and like, then, show then, and
0: tell or, well, yeah. or just, no, it was just know, like, career day?
2: or We were talking about, about insects and everything, and one day it's like, hey, Austin's grandma was here to talk, and I never knew it, so I'd be, like, a little embarrassed. Yeah. But then we always had ice cream and honey at the end. So, like, you know, like, <laughs> that was kind of, like, the incentive. <laughs> yeah. So I was pretty pumped up about that. So it all but worked no, out. It, it all worked out in the end. But I, I definitely wouldn't be opposed to that, man. I'm, I, like I said, I love that insect. So. It is. It's fascinating. I it. yeah.
0: and I, We love listening to you talk about it. Yeah. So uh, a little more on the murder hornet, inspired by the hornet that is now sitting on the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp hat right now. And the biggest thing
2: that I I failed to mention as well, and if you remember our first conversation about the murder hornets, what did I talk about? I talked about how they were learning how to take care of the – the honeybees were learning how to take care of the murder hornet by cooking them alive, right? Yes. And once again, that happened in Asia. Well, lo and behold, that kind of behavior has somehow found its way to the United States now. So like – it's almost like it takes part in Asia and then it comes on its way to the United States because the bees in the United States, the honeybees, in order to protect themselves, they haven't figured out how to put out like the, you know, manure quite yet. But the bees across the ocean have. And it begs the question like, how do they communicate with each other? And I, I
0: read a, and we're getting way down the rabbit hole right now. No. So, like, do you well, want I'm interested. Okay. They used to say all the fads and everything started in California first and worked its way east. So it's weird
2: because I read an article, and now believe what you want here, but they compared bees to sea coral. There's different types of species of sea coral. There's hundreds of sea corals, right? But if you take a sea coral out of a certain ocean and let's say you put it – so let's say you take a sea coral out of – by Australia. You bring it back home and you put it underneath your sink in a bucket of water when that sea coral in australia whatever blooms or changes colors that that one in the bucket will also do the same thing even though you took it out of its habitat and there's a school of thought that thinks that even though these bees are thousands and thousands and thousands of miles away there is some way whether it's ingrained in their dna or their genetics where they can still communicate not you know via like signaling but somehow they can communicate with their dna and say hey if you want to kill a murder hornet cook it alive or, hey, if you want to stop a murder order from coming to your house or your hive, go find some manure and put it outside your beehive. Like, that's kind of the consensus right now, what
0: they think is happening. It's unbelievable. It's wild. It's insane. And your knowledge of it continues to be unbelievable. Why didn't they ask this on the Wonderlic? <laughs> I know, right? I mean, Tim Timo
2: eat your heart out. I want to I beat you by 25 <laughs> points, man. We're, we're talking Ryan Fitzpatrick, Ryan Fitzpatrick numbers.
0: Patrick. We're talking Ryan Fitzpatrick numbers. I was going to say, Patrick Ryan Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick, do you know this about sea coral yeah. and, and bees and yeah. murder hornets? No, yeah. you don't. Yeah. <laughs> All right, got to take a break. Can we come back uh, more football talk? <laughs> I think. Maybe. Maybe. Hey, what we'll
2: see? we the interwebs say
0: maybe people think, want to talk more bees. Today My, on Austin Lane's Animal Kingdom, you better believe it. Uh, from peeing in a sink to <laughs> murder <laughs> hornets. Monster Jam, by the way, returns to Jacksonville at TIAA Bankfield Saturday, March 6th and Sunday, March 7th. That's this coming weekend. Tickets start just $20, but you can win yours from ESPN 690. Go to the contest page on ESPN690.com for your chance to win. ESPN690.com, your chance to win tickets to Monster Jam this weekend at TIAA Bankfield. We'll be right back. Let's do another giveaway. What do you think? Giving everything away today. Bee knowledge, murder hornet knowledge, coral, coral knowledge. We supposed to talk sports. We got no knowledge there. Nah, we talked to Sean Watson a little bit. We did.
2: I was heated. We, oh, we almost got a fight, bro. We did. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Careful right now because I'm, I'm in a fight camp mode. You know. <laughs> yeah. And I'm hey, and I'm getting ready. And this is your word. Taper. So. Taper. Just be careful. Mind Taper's your p's and he was
0: around me. Taper can be a good week.
2: I'm just saying, mind your p's and
0: q's around me right now. I've been tapering for years. Yeah, I'm gonna need to start. (laughs) I'm gonna need to start taking the athlete side a little more here, Uh, for your sake. Okay, it's a smoothie king. Day here on Action Sports Jackson on ESPN 690. Smoothie King, our restaurant of the day. And with that comes a giveaway. How about a $25 gift card to Smoothie King? Nine locations. Jacksonville, two locations in St. Augustine. How about be caller number two right now? 904-362-9901. 904-362-9901. And uh, you get yourself a $25 gift card to Smoothie King. Shred your goals this year with the new Metabolism Boost Banana Passion Fruit Smoothie from Smoothie King. Only 240 calories, 14 grams of protein per 20 ounces. Go check it out at SmoothieKing.com. Pick up or delivery any of the Jacksonville area locations. Smoothie King rule the day. UNF Ospreys, A-Sun Tournament. They lose in the opening round. They went dry for eight minutes. Yeah, Don't score a bucket in eight minutes and therefore lose by eight 68 to 60 to North Alabama it's always disappointing to lose in the first round Ospreys I don't know in full honesty if they were good enough to win this thing I mean of course you can always pull upsets they certainly were not the prohibitive favorite Um, and it's really hard to tell what they were because they didn't play a lot over the last four to six weeks because of COVID so one of those wacky seasons and I think J.U. not being able to participate tells that story. U.N.F. with just not a lot of games in the last month and a half uh, tells a little bit of that story. They lose to North Alabama. The ASUN tournament does go on over the next couple of days, and they'll crown a champ on Sunday.
2: You know, we talked about this with with Coach a little bit, but U.N.F.'s a really young team, right? Like yeah. They had
0: to replace a lot of guys, yes.
2: and obviously this year with the pandemic and not being a lot of games, I mean, I felt like you lose the chemistry a little bit, especially with such a young team, it can hurt you.
0: Yeah, I, I think – Youth is part of it. I think they're going to be good. Uh, this is kind of the replenish cycle, if you will, for for UNF. Yeah. Um, it's just it's hard to tell what they are and who they were because we just didn't have enough of a sample size, especially in the last six weeks where you're hoping to play your better ball. Uh UNF didn't get a lot of a chance to to do that. So, um Osprey's fall. By the way, St. John's Country Day, they're going for uh, boys and girls state championships in soccer. The boys are down one to nothing at halftime. Marcel Robinson down there. will keep you posted on that score. Uh, We will take a break here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We got an hour to go. Football at five coming up. Here's what I want to know. We talked about Big Ben Roethlisberger, right? Yeah. Are there some quarterbacks or teams with quarterbacks that they should move on? And you're, you're like, why aren't they moving on yet? Mm -hmm. I've got one in particular that with all the rumors on quarterbacks, why aren't we hearing this guy's name this offseason? It's somewhat surprising. Okay. That and angry fans. Mm You talk murder hornets, I talk angry fans. Let's get it. When we come back, football at five on the way on ESPN 690.